Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome to the Alpha Theta Flow podcast. This is Flow 754 and today I am talking about better questions. It's something that I've definitely referred to multiple times over the years. Better questions equal a better life, so to speak. I want to talk a bit more to that today and it's off the back of Tim Ferriss actually sharing a quote um, from Pierre-Marc Gasson. Judge a man by his questions rather than his answers. Now, if you jump online and search Tim Ferriss, I'm doing it right now, 17 questions. Questions, yes, questions. 17 questions that changed my life. That's a PDF, but you can also see a video of it. Free guide, 17 questions that dramatically changed my life. He doesn't talk on this or it's... The questions he asks in there are absolutely fantastic. Now, he's an example of one. Am I hunting field mice or antelope? Are you spending your days trying to get the 50 bucks in your pocket or are you actually making sure that the whole herd is eating, that you're looking after a lot more than just a snack? Take that analogy as you may and however you need. So why is this important? Well, going past Tim Ferriss, and I think Tony Robbins talks a lot about better life, uh, better, better questions, better life or something along those lines as well. It's, it's a pretty well-known component but i want to lean back on this comment that he shared judge a man by his questions rather than his answers and it's common that people especially in the industry field it may be in many fields they want to be able to give their client an answer client goes why am i not losing weight or why does this muscle hurt or whatever and they want to be able to be the person that has the knowledge to give the answer that is fine good trainers have good answers Great coaches have great questions, and it's a big difference. Good co- good trainers have good answers. Great coaches have great questions. See, when coaches ask great questions, they actually evoke the answer coming from within, and this is actually what we look at when we see coaching. So we look at five different fields of, of bodies of work. You have training, which is actually teaching a skill, which is what we see mostly in the fitness industry as an example. They teach someone a skill of how to execute a deadlift or a lap pull down or skipping, whatever it may be. You've got training, you've got consulting, which is working with a group of people based upon your professional experience. You also have mentoring, which is more to do with working with people based upon personal experience. You then have therapy, which is helping people deal with the past um, and people that may be stuck in the past, referencing the past a fair bit, therapy is usually a good, a good go-to, a, a good intervention for that. When it comes to coaching, coaching is having coaching conversations with individuals who are the experts in their subject, and they're the subject. So it's not the coach's job to have the answers. A good coach will actually ask the, you know, I say the right questions, but powerful questions to evoke the answers to come through the individual this is this is coaching and we can do this a number of ways and there's a lot of benefits from it as well but the key thing here amongst everything is making sure that the coach never leads someone to an answer because then if if the person's asking these questions attempting to lead someone to an answer it's more often than not even though you may think it's on behalf of the person you're asking the questions to it's more often than not on behalf of the person that's asking the questions. Okay, so you did this. And so when does that happen, hey? Eh, it's not really 
coaching. You're not really looking out for this person's best interests, which is really interesting. When we ask a question, not knowing the answer and knowing that we don't know the answer because people are complex human beings. And we're literally asking like, for me, it's this state of like empty fullness, this openness to be like this, this curiosity that Sarah's like, well, why do you do that? Like, you know, what does that, by doing this, what does that say about you? And see what, we're going meta here, above and about, do that, what do you think that says about you? And then we can start to see this person's beliefs, their frames. Who taught you this? You've learned this somewhere. When did you first learn it? I've done it since I was, I've done it forever. Like since before you were born? No, no, as long as I've been alive. So you were, you were like one doing it. No, I wasn't one doing it. So you learned it then. Yeah, I learned it. Where did I learn it? And then one of the most powerful questions we can ask, we're looking at something that we no longer want to do or a behavior or a habit or a thinking, a thought that we no longer want. A question worth asking is, and more often than not, we have to frame it to ourselves, such as like, obviously it doesn't, but, but if it did, how would this X behavior, X thought serve me? In what way am I still benefiting from doing this? And if you ask that question wanting to know the answer, you may be very surprised to see what comes up. And this is one of the powerful things is that like, when we get to ask these questions, we discover new territory, new mental territory. We're understanding our maps of reality. It's like learning a new skill that you uh, have to go and play the piano or um, learning how to lift, lift weights or learning how to throw a frisbee, as you start to uncover these skills, even though you age and you might have a different body later on, you started to expand your territory of movement. You started to expand your awareness and understanding. And the benefit of doing this when it comes to asking ourselves better questions is that we can start to really pin down the things that hold us back, that exist within our mind and usually out of sight. And if we can do that, we usually find that we fucking judge others less. We judge ourselves less. We start to release the the power that these thoughts or you know these beliefs that we once thought were true. We start to release the power they have on us. It doesn't mean these thoughts don't continue to arise. They just no longer have that pull, like that fucking gut pull anymore. And so... As you move through this, you might find, and this is pretty standard for work, you know, the inner work, these thoughts still arise, but they, they kind of wash over you. You're not had by them anymore. It's not like you have it and then you respond, to, you re- react really, react a particular way. It's like you can pause, you're aware of it, it passes and you just fucking continue on with your day. Like any other thought, like, no, do I need new shoes? Probably not. Like that. Literally like that. But it doesn't mean you don't have that thought. It just means it no longer has you. You have it. But if we continue to language to ourselves that, that these thoughts just keep running, they just keep coming up as if, as if life is always happening to us rather than through us, then we will always be had by them. And so we find that when we ask better questions, it leads to a better life. 
And on that note, team, I'm done. If you enjoyed the podcast, then please like, subscribe, share it with a friend, grab a copy of my book, Money Yourself, online or in stores. If you're interested in learning more about the inner game or the coach's circle, then head to alphathetaflow.com. But that's it from me. Big love, peace and pizza. I'll see you all soon. Thank you.